Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon and welcome to the All Things Inspirational Show. Yes, this is Brian the Thought by the Swift. I hope you're having a great Wednesday. It's a little little more tolerable today with the weather, so hopefully you get a chance to get out. And as usual, let's start it with a, a little quote. And so this is a sweet reminder that you can handle anything that life throws at you this week and any week. Remember, it doesn't matter how fast you go as long as you don't stop. That is the key. Just keep moving forward. One step at a time will get you where you want to go. Just keep taking those steps. Keep moving forward. When you get knocked down, get back up. couple announcements. Uh, don't forget, if you're going to the Joliet Slammers game, please use code SOAR. SOAR and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to SOAR Nonprofit, a 501c3 nonprofit that is dedicated to helping people get back outdoors. So Joliet Slammers, it's baseball season. Go out, enjoy. They do a great job of entertaining uh, for the kids and everybody, and it's affordable, and it's a, a nice night out. So don't forget about that. One of our sponsors, CD and Me, out of Frankfurt, right off of LaGrange. Uh, uh, tomorrow, the 7th, has Radio Gaga. And July 14th, a week from Thursday, they are having Simple Men which is a Leonard Skinner tribute band. And yes, I will be there for that one. So come on out to CD and me. It's a great venue. That being said, uh, before we bring our guest on, we'll hear from um, uh, Jean Kuhn soon. She is a business success strategist. Uh, We have had numerous conversations. She's insightful. She has loads of experience to share. And as usual, if you have any questions or comments or like to hear anything, please email me at bswift6262 at gmail.com. But first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we will be back with Gene. Thank you. Welcome back to All Things Inspirational. And I'd like to welcome Gene. Gene, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me today. So I know through our conversations and other people uh, that I've talked to, you are an amazing business coach, business success strategist, and you specialize in marketing and sales, correct? Correct. So tell us, because I know your end goal is to get small businesses, which in these times we're seeing more entrepreneurs starting up than ever in this environment. We're seeing more people take on that role, which maybe seems easy from the outside looking in, but your experience and and definitely the people you work with have given you deeper insights into the ease of doing that. So tell us about how you got started in this role of of being a success strategist for small businesses and entrepreneurs. Well, uh, it started 37 years ago this past uh, April 29th, and I freaking hated my job, right? I hated going to work. I hated the people I worked with. I was always somebody who, I work fast, right? I work fast, I work efficiently, and I get things done. 
and I would get in trouble for talking then, right? And I'm like, I'm, a, I'm a, an adult, right? And I'm getting yelled at for talking. So <clears throat> I really did not enjoy my job at all. And when I had my first baby, when they put that baby in my arms, I knew at that moment I was never going back to another job that I hated. And honestly, I knew I wasn't going to go back to a job. And I was just going to figure out how to be an entrepreneur, stay home, make a little money on the side, and uh, raise my kids. Awesome. And that, I think, is a lost, I don't know what to call it, not a lost art, but raising kids is a, is a profession, is a full-time job yeah. that I don't think I could do. I, I don't know how women do it. I mean, I've been at home for periods of time um, around the kids, and that is a pat, a, definitely a, a labor of love, no doubt, right. and a job and a half. Uh, I would have, there were so many days I would have rather had a job as a stay-at-home mom because I felt like I had to stay up all night working to get my work done. And then I had, I had a non-sleeper, right, who was up at 6 a.m. So I, I feel like my daughter is staying with us right now while they're remodeling their house and they have a one-year-old. And I said to her last night um, something about how she's a nurse. So when she's home, she's so present with that baby, right? All she has to concentrate is on that baby. And honestly, I wish I'd had that luxury to do that. I think I would have been a better mom. Well, I remember my mom, everybody would go to bed and, you know, you might, maybe you got up to go to the bathroom or got up to whatever. And my mom would be ironing at like 11, 12 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was her thing. She liked to iron late at night. It was almost creepy because you heard her out there and you heard the old ironing board open up because they creaked and you could hear it then, you know, kind of boing into place and hit the ground. And she, that was her thing and at night. And she was up when I got up and she was up when I went to bed and I never saw her grouchy for not sleeping. I, I, I don't, you know. Oh, I was grouchy. Thinking back, I just, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm sure she had some times, but not enough for me to, for to really stick in. Yeah. But she was up. She was up in the morning, at night, and then doing her, you know, ironing at, and I'm not kidding, like 11, 12 o'clock. Well, I was one of the very first telecommuters. So in 1985, when he was born, the company that I really hated, right, they didn't want to lose me, and they asked me if I would consider being an independent contractor, and they would put a computer in our, our home. We oh, wow. didn't have a computer in our home no. in 1985, right? So they came out. It was like a whole day process to wire that all in. And, you know, you've wow. got your 5,700 baud modem, right? Uh, so you, like, turn it on. You wait for the baby to wake up, give him a bath, feed him. And then hopefully, hopefully you were online by that time, right? Yeah, after all the noises, I, I still remember dial-up and that screeching yeah. noise. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not of this tech generation. And thank God I'm not. Because it's uh, it's a mixed bag. Uh, it's it's a it's it, it would lend to another show. But tell us more about you know some of the things you do with these businesses and to increase their revenue. And I know the one thing you always talk about is you you want to do it fast, right? Because the yeah. statistics on what <clears throat> these businesses make and last is frightening. Almost. Yeah, I was just sharing a, a statistic with you a little bit ago that 86, I think it's 86.3 or 9, I can't remember which one, 
of small, 86, let's say 86% of small business owners make under $100,000 a year, right? So that to me is sinful, right? I believe that small business owners don't, they work too hard to not make any money. And the funny thing is, is every one of their friends, every person they come in contact to think they make a ton of money because they're self-employed. Right. And that's no, there is simply, that perception. There is that perception. And you're seen and God forbid you buy an expensive car mm. while you're self-employed. Right. So that you look like you're self-employed. And yeah, people, they just don't do it. They they're your friends are your friends are not your customers. Right. Your friends are right. my friends are have really have never been my customers. Even when I owned a couple chocolate stores, they were not my customers. And I don't know if that comes from a little bit of that perception of like, you're doing fine, you don't need us. I think there is that. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and I've probably been guilty of it to some degree years ago. And you know, it's interesting, you say they don't make 100,000. Yeah. And I think about all the years that I didn't make 100,000, which was probably most of my younger career. Um, and my wife's a teacher, so I mean, there's, you don't get into that unless you live in certain areas to make money. It definitely is a labor of love, too. And you would think that $100,000 mark would be a lot of money. But in these times, unfortunately, especially now, when you look at the cost of everything, it's not. Well, even even if you do hit 100000 as a self-employed entrepreneur, right, it's not a ton of money. Because how much money did you have to spend? How much are your expenses? Because that comes right off the top. It's not like with a W-2. My husband and I talk about this all the time. I'm like, I out-earned you. And he's like, no, you didn't. You had expenses that brought your revenue down. So he goes, and my paycheck was my paycheck. So yeah, it is uh, interesting how many entrepreneurs make so little money and what I love about them is they're so dedicated that they continue to stick with it. And listen, I it's in my DNA. My grandfather came from Greece and opened up a Greek restaurant, right? It's in my DNA to be an entrepreneur. Well, and, and you know, you bring something up that a lot of people probably don't think about. And maybe even as a starting entrepreneur, they might not. When you work for a company, your insurance is cheaper because they're contributing. When you work for a company, they typically will contribute to your 401k. And that's deducted, something you don't have to deal with. Nowadays, with the cost of insurance, with putting money away for your 401k, with now you've got FICA, now you've got, you know, the state, and then you've got Social Security. I mean, 100000 you're right, probably is, I, I remember working in corporate, I used to bring home 55% of what I made between insurance, investments, you know, FICA, it, all the other fun things. Um, if you're self-employed, that 100000 probably is closer to 50000 Uh Let's try the first year I cracked 100000 My my bottom line was uh, $33,000. Wow. So 70% of my... Now, I, I invest in myself. I invest in my business. Sure. So, right. But, yeah, it was it was not as much money as you think. And even to be able to say you're a six-figure business owner, gosh, you have to be making multiple six figures now to, to make really six make figures, figures, right? right. Yeah. yeah. And it's something you don't think about because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing it for the future. Right. And if you're not investing in yourself, being your 401k and other things, you're really not investing in the future, though. You're just kind of getting through the day. 
Right. And and you're not contributing to your, well, you do a little bit on your taxes. Um, you're contributing to your Social Security, but are you contributing to a, uh, some sort of self-funded right. or um, investment, uh, what do you call it, like an R, uh, IRA or a Roth? IRA, or, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and you're not reaping the benefits of any company's, you know, contribution. Right. And as much as you do it for the freedom, in my short period of time, being an entrepreneur, there is less freedom being an entrepreneur, at least initially, oh, yeah. than there is at work because your job is almost 20 hours a day, let's say. You've got to take advantage of when the opportunities come up to do your networking, to do your marketing, to do all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Correct. And yeah, I, I think I, I probably work about 12 hours a day now, not because I have to, because my kids are gone, well, unless they're back home for a house remodel, but <laughs> my kids are gone and it's my husband and I, and we're both kind of workaholics and we love what we do. So we, it's not, when I say 12 hours a day, it's 12 hours of love a day that I get to do what I do. That's nice. That's nice. And, and and it does make a difference when you're making the choices, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You're not being told. You're not be punching in. You're not punching out. Right. You're not being overlooked. You're not. I mean, those are some awesome benefits. Um, but loving it is, is something that definitely takes away a lot of that work feel. Oh, yeah. I never feel like I, I never feel like I go to work. I feel like I am the luckiest girl in the whole world. Wow, that's awesome. I, I get to get up every day and do what I do. So is there any specific type of businesses you like dealing with? Is there any specific type of entrepreneur or is it the variety that's nice? I, most of my clients are service-based businesses. So I really, I have, and it's so diverse because I don't teach them anything about their business. I have a beekeeper. Uh, I, I can guarantee you if anybody says I ever died from a bee sting, it is not because I was helping her on her beehives, right? Uh. It is because a bee got in my car or something. Gotcha. So I, yeah, I don't teach them anything about their business. I don't teach the horse farmer about how to raise horses. I teach them the things they don't know about business that can help them, like marketing tip for themselves. I focus on, you know, um, in 2001, my husband and I bought a franchise, and it was a chocolate franchise, and then and it was bankrupt. And yeah. within 12 months, I had turned it around, and, and it was profitable. We'd added about $100,000 to the bottom line. Four years later, I bought a second bankrupt franchise and turned that one around also. And what I learned from that was, um, number one, you have to do it fast. And number two, um, you asked me a question. I I was going someplace with that. Um, turning it around was, was fast. What was the Just the marking. Is there any specific oh. business you like to deal with? Oh, service, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, the other piece I want to make is that I, I focused only on low-cost, no-cost marketing strategies. Okay. Right? Be and that's what I still focus on with my clients. No-cost, low-cost. Low-cost, no-cost. So that sometimes awesome. there's a cost, right? But sure. it's But yeah. it's low, usually. It's nothing major. Not, I mean, it's not necessarily, if it's not even, unless they're investing in a website, maybe it's $5,000. Maybe, but I have a guy, right? I got a guy who's less than $5,000. <laughs> so... <clears throat> And now with social media, and most of it is free. Yeah. You can really talk about 
no cost. Well, I, I let's go back for one second then because I social media is a something for people to do. It is not in marketing, in my opinion, a okay. marketing strategy. So tell me about what's no cost marketing. Uh, well, some some the four major ones I focus on are um, email marketing. Right, that's very low cost. I mean, sure. what is it a if you if you're get, not using a free Mailchimp? Right, right. I used Constant Contact, but now I use um, Infusionsoft. Uh, so you've got that. It's that's really low cost in order to um, email market okay. effectively. Um, I use speaking. That is my number one strategy: is speaking, and it usually. It cost me nothing. Like, right. look, you didn't charge me to come here today. So no. <laughs> this is free speaking. No, right. Yeah. Right. So speaking is my number one way to, to bring on new clients. And um, uh, the other way, sponsorships. So you and right. I sat here and talked about a little bit sure. before we started that I would be interested in sponsoring your show. Sure. Right? So it, there's a lot of different ways that uh, that you can. And sponsorship costs a little bit of money. Sure, right? But but does it doesn't have to be a huge amount of money? Well, it doesn't have to be, but there have been times that I paid eight thousand dollars for a three minute speaking spot, right? Wow. Because it was in front of my ideal the clients, right, okay. right? The sure. right audience, right? You, I think, in front of the right audience, any amount of money you invest is going to be a good return on your investment. Okay, unless it's like thirty, forty thousand dollars. Well, and you know, there's that risk reward. That right, got to consider, and it's just not as simple as thirty thousand. That's relevant depending on exactly. how your years go in, right. how the profits go in, how right. everything's. Was, go, you yeah. know, there's, it's not a simple equation. Exactly right. Yeah, you have to. You kind of have to. You have to know you're in front of the right audience to spend that kind of money, though. So you have email marketing. Email marketing. You have, you have sponsorships. You have speaking. Uh, and then I did. So what I when I first started. Um, well, I have a coach, and when I first started with this coach, I was, here's my business model, because listen, I was that person who, I owned two chocolate stores, but when I started my coaching business, I wasn't making any money. I was making $300 a month, and I, I would literally invite you into a room, into a hotel room, like a little meeting room, and I would give you everything I knew, right? In three or four hours, you'd ask any question you want, I'd answer it, and on the way out the door, I would hug you goodbye, right? I never once offered them anything, any other way that they could oh. work with me. I had to learn that, right? Sure. I had to learn how to do sales. I had to learn the marketing piece is good, right? My kids were little. I was reading marketing books. I wasn't reading <laughs> Women's Day or something like that, which I don't even know why, because I, but I just enjoy them. Yeah. But, um, but now it is, I've moved on to a bigger market, right? Bigger things, sales and things like that. So I had to learn all that. It, it is learned. I it mean, is now learned. some people have a gift, and and have this natural gift in certain areas. But in in all honesty, times have changed. I oh, mean, God, it, yeah. You know, I I came from a time where, you know, we pounded the phones and you did door swings. How many door swings did you do? And now you would say that to somebody. I don't know if the younger generation would even understand door swings, mm -mm. let alone having even phone conversations. Uh, Today's environment change, yet I'm a proponent of those old world methods still working. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of people out there that still like to meet, that still want that door swing to happen, that still want to see, look you in the eyes mm -hmm. and have that conversation. They just don't want to, you know, and yes, you have Zoom. And that is, 
that is pretty darn close. It's close because you still get the eye to eye. Exactly. Right? You, you still get a get chance to, to see their office. The you get a chance to do read what's going on and, and whatnot. But uh, some of those old world methods, I challenge some young people to don't forget about them. And think about what's going on gone on in the last two years, right? Everything that we knew as we knew it came to a grinding halt. It sure did. Yeah. Um, which should have never happened, right? Businesses, I don't care no, what happens, no. businesses should not be mandated to shut no. down. No, that was a pandemic, and I'm not going to get political. But, you know, when, when, you off, when you allow certain businesses to stay open and certain businesses to close, that's a pandemic. I'm sorry, it just is. It was a, uh, a absolute disgrace and abomination to allow these second, third, fourth, first generation, whatever it is, businesses to fail, families, mm -hmm. and not just that, but the people they employed um, right. to suffer the way they did. Yeah. And that didn't have to happen. It did not, not have to not happen. Not one iota had, it had to happen. No. So. And, and when, that, when they announced that lockdown here in Illinois, I immediately, listen, I, I was fearful too, right? It, it was like, what's going to happen to my business? Because this is, I go out and I speak to people. Uh, I, what do you mean I can't go out, right? I can't go anywhere. I have to wear a mask when I go out. How do you, it, it was just all weird. So what I did is I immediately pulled as many small business, sent out an email, as many small business owners as I could. I pulled them together and I said, hey, Come, come talk to me for two hours for three days in a row. Let's stay. I want you to stay in business, right? It's, there's no charge. I, my whole goal there was to help them stay in business, right? People came in droves, right? And more people came and more people came. And I ended up. That was awesome. What I ended up doing. Um, I would do five, 10 hours a day for the first few three or four months. Wow. I did 10 hours a day, an hour in the morning, five days a week giving them strategy that they could be using, helping them, answering their questions. I do five hours of Monday through Friday in the afternoon. I do Q&A for free. I served them so hard, but I can tell you that all of the entrepreneurs that came and really wanted to stay in business are all still in business today. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm actually shocked that so many businesses followed the rules. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I know you've always got your snitches out there. But I, I'm surprised so many businesses shut down. And I know unfor the other unfortunate thing about it was this destroyed families. Oh, this destroyed, destroyed so much. friendships and families, you know, on the whole issue of mask, unmask. I don't believe it. I believe it. And yet, yes, there was a, I'm not going to call it a pandemic because I don't buy it, but there, there was a virus that ran through the country, no doubt. That was, in my opinion, engineered intentionally and let out intentionally. It destroyed, it not just <laughs> the shame of the people that died from it, which, you know, God bless them and their families, but it destroyed families who had a different view on, you know, whether I should be masked or not masked or whether I'm getting the shot, not getting the shot. It, it really divided us. And I know we're here to talk about business and be inspirational, but I, you know, my, my, I attacked it like you did. I said, if you don't come out of this pandemic with a new hobby, with a new, a, 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 a new skill, then you totally missed the opportunity. So my philosophy was 
How many of us have said, if I had more time, I would? Well, all of a sudden, right, for two years, we had the time, most people did, Mm -hmm. to now do those things. And I took advantage of it that way, that I, I, you better come out of this with a new skill set, with a new idea, with a new goal, with a new drive, with a new hobby, because you do have the time now. So like you, I try to really spin it to something more positive. Well, spinning it to something more positive is always a good, a good idea, right? Rather, compared to the opposite of that. But I think it, for me, it was about helping them stay in business and make money because how many stories, like you mentioned, that did we hear about that people are shut down and, and basically the government gave them a whopping, what, $600 a piece twice in the first year. And that was going to, that was supposed to hold them $1,200, right? But my goal was always for, I love small business so much that my goal is I don't ever want to see a small business owner hurt financially. Right. Right. And having been there and done that and come out of it on the other side, for me, it's always been about saving small business owners. So I did that. I worked with my fellow franchisees when I bought those two stores and I turned them around. I did the same thing then. I held a conference here in Chicago in 2006 and I helped my fellow franchisees build their businesses. So because my franchisor was not going to do it. They they only did a, a meeting every two years, right? That's not enough. It's not enough, right? It's not enough. So it, I've always been about helping other people in business. But you know what? I was in a room in the 1990 with Zig Ziglar. And um, I walked out of that room that day. So I was like, okay, I don't want to tell you how old I was, but I was under 30. I was probably about 30. And um, I walked out of the room that day And I knew what my purpose in life was. And my purpose in life was to help small business owners make more money. At that point, I had never made a really a dime in business, right? Sure. I had had my first baby. I was pregnant with my second one. But I I hadn't really made any money. But I knew that that was my purpose in life. And it's like, and I had, I spent the next, not purposefully, I spent the next 20 years or so, or maybe 25 years, um, figuring it all out. Right through whether I hired a coach or what I what I did to help myself figure that out. Yeah, you educated yourself. You you kept Absolutely moving did. forward in in this journey. Yeah. Right, because it is a journey. You never stop learning. You should yeah. never stop learning. Right. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. And I'm right. a big Zig Ziglar fan. With along with the, all the other ones and Les Brown and I mean, there's so many other Tony Robbins and Brian I, Tracy. I, yeah. Yep, exactly. And I've landed kind of my I've landed with who I would consider a mentor, John Maxwell. I'm just mm-hmm. a big John Maxwell fan. I resonate with him tremendously yeah. um, in their well, wisdom. Well, Zig told me that day, the, I, one thing I will never, rem- never, ever, ever forget. He said, we had a recession going on when that happened. And he said, I choose not to participate in a recession. And I'm like, huh. Who knew you? Sorry, I'm kind of squeaky. I was getting up over a sinus infection. Uh, I said, who knew you didn't have to participate in a recession, right? Everybody thinks that when a recession comes, you have to to participate. You have to suffer. I'm here to tell you, those people who joined me in right after the pandemic started and they just shut down, they didn't suffer. That's awesome. They did not suffer. That's that's great. And and it is somewhat of a choice, more than we... It's think, totally right? a choice. It's like, yeah. you know, do you see the glass half full or half empty, right? I mean, well, 
my answer to that is you can always refill it. Yep. Why does it have to be half empty or half full? Right. I view, I view it as you just refill it. And you've got to really think differently and outside the box, mm-hmm. especially during those times. Now, it, this pandemic thing was hopefully something we never see again. But that being said, we are going to have peaks and valleys in the economy. We are going to see other unfortunate things like this until, I don't know, until people find their hearts and a little more faith. So let's do this, Gene. Let's uh, get a word in from our sponsors and then we'll come back to this. Okay. It'll make a difference. Welcome back to All Things Inspirational. We're sitting here with Gene Kuhn and talking sales strategies and revolving around marketing and sales. So, Gene, we talked a lot about marketing. Let's let's go on to sales. Okay. Um, As we were talking during the break, a lot of business owners are experts at what they do. They're expert landscapers. They're expert florists. They're expert whatever that may be, plumbers, you know, but, but... it's the business behind the business, mm-hmm. the running of the business, that they're not, is not their forte. Right. Not that they don't have maybe some business knowledge, uh, but it's definitely not their forte. And sales is a, I mean, marking is a world unto itself. Mm-hmm. So is sales. I mean, two different worlds, two different, uh, two different things, uh, skill sets that you really need to be successful outside of just being good at what you do. I agree. So sales and what are some of the ways you've helped some of these small businesses and entrepreneurs from a sales end? Well, I think first of all, I had to inform them that as a business owner, and let's let's talk about a, a client I have that's a hypnotist. Uh, I had to inform her not only is she a hypnotist, she's also a salesperson. And that's part of the problem is most people have, especially entrepreneurs, have such a used car. They don't want to be that used car salesman pounding you out, right? They don't like to send out an email because they don't like to get them. They don't like to network because people will follow up with them and try uh, to sell them something, True, right? When the, they went to the networking event, just like everybody else did, to get more business, right? So... First, you have to kind of go through that mindset change of, so sales starts with a mindset change, right? You have to go through that mindset change that um, you are a salesperson. We're all salespeople, 100%. right? If whatever we, if we're a small business owner and we can solve a problem for somebody, we're selling them the right. solution to the problem, right? Exactly. Landscaper, love my landscaper. I, I will pay what the, whatever they ask me to pay. But they've got to solve the problem and they've got to solve it fast. Sure. Right? And and adequately. So as a small business owner, that's why they don't do sales is because they're afraid, they're fearful of it. Right? They don't want to be rejected. And who does? I don't want to be rejected. No, I agree. Yeah. You could only take so much of the... Well, I think it's several things. One, you've got to be patient because much of sales is planting seeds, right? I mean, it... Not to sound old-fashioned, but it's filling that funnel. And while you're filling that funnel, it is it, it. You can easily get that feeling of being unproductive, like you're wasting time. But you've got to plant seeds before 
they'll grow. Just not know. always. No, not a, no, not all right. Not, do, do like, tell. This is. I don't know, Brian. This is 2022, right? We don't have to plant the seeds as deep, right? We can literally okay. drop it and go around tomorrow and pick it up. So and right. All right. So so there are ways to. You just really here's the thing, it's marketing, right? Sure. And it, it the sales piece comes from just telling people, how do I help you? How do I solve the problem you have? Right? If I can help you solve the problem that you have right now, why wouldn't you want to do business with me? Right? That's so why do we need to wait? Because the longer somebody right. waits, the bigger the problem that gets, the less money that they have. I'm talking about for me, right? But for you, what's the problem that you're solving for your clients? True. No, I'm asking, what is oh. the <laughs> What what is it that I'm solving? Yeah, what's the problem you, know, you solve for your clients? You, usually, it's uh, the overcoming self doubt, um, not having confidence, not knowing the path for them to move forward. Um, so I've worked probably more with individuals than mm-hmm. businesses, but the business end is something I'm probably going to dig into a little more. So I move people who are stuck. So, and if they're stuck and they really, they're not, let's just say they want to have a new job, right? And you can take them from that place of like, look, you can stay here and stay stuck and continue to make $25 an hour, or I can show you how to make $250 an hour. How long do you want to stay stuck there? You tell me, right? right. right. And so I'm just saying that's how you would talk to your people, right? You just tell them how you can help them. Um, the problem is there's uh, most of them are too fearful then still to to go. Um, it sounds too easy, right? Sound, oh, 100 percent, right? And it isn't. It is not easy, right? There's work to be done, well, and you can stay where you're at, and I'll come back in a year and and pick you back up here, or you can you can take that opportunity with me sure. and move forward now, right? So, which do you prefer? Right, that you really no, have it, to it really that is easy. that cut and dry. It is. I mean, it, it totally is. It's you know, it is black and white. I mean, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't probably see that. And you're right. I have before I've taken on uh, certain mentors. You're in that that quagmire of do do I really believe that investing five thousand dollars or thirty five hundred or a thousand is going to make a change. And I don't think it's the $2,500 that's the stickler. I think it's the fear of knowing that I have to change myself. hundred percent. And that is frightening. Yeah, it is. But you, and you know what they say, right? People don't change until it's more painful to stay where they are than it is to change. And I literally lived that, meaning that I needed a knee replacement and I put it off for years and years because it's like, oh God, they're going to cut bone out of my leg. That has got to hurt, right? And it got to the point where I literally couldn't stand for two minutes. And when I, when it, and it was in pain the entire time. And I couldn't, I didn't have a quality of life. I couldn't go take a walk. I couldn't go to the grocery store, right? The pain was, is this how I want to live the rest of my life in my 50s? You know, I was in my 50s. So the answer was no, right? It's an amazing what fear, how fear paralyzes us. Fear paralyzes us. I mean, it's just, yes. it's, it's, it really is amazing. And, and then we do the whole mental justifications, I'll call it circle jerk, of justifying it, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we 
figure out a way to justify the paralysis. Oh, God, yeah, right? And they're just not ready at that point, right? They're just not ready because... They, they can't say yes when they're still so fearful. So you've you've got to you've got to also help them see a better path, right, for themselves, so that they understand that. And I think you also have to have a reputation, right? I, I work really hard on my reputation, Definitely. so nobody can, will find somebody out there that said, "Oh my God, Jean Kuhn took advantage of me, right? She took my money and I never got anything." You would have to search. I, I, I don't even know where you would search. I've only, right? You'd have to search high and large to find somebody who would say something bad about me. Well, I mean, and that's integrity. I mean, right. that's doing what you do with integrity. Yeah. You know, and, and some people have it, some people don't, some people grow into it. Right. Um, some people can't live their life without living a life of integrity. I have right. an acronym that. I used years ago in sales, actually, and I used to call it CIA. That was one of my foundations for success, commitment, integrity, attitude. I think if you attack all things with that CIA principle that you can be successful. What's your acronym for fear? Well, I I know there's several of them. There's two ways they say to look at fear, and I'm trying to think, remember how it was. uh, What was it? False. False. Evidence appearing real. Okay. That's what normally I hear. But I don't look at it that way. I think of it as forever evading abundant revenue. Uh, right? So the the longer you stay in fear, the less the longer it's gonna take you to turn your business around and make more money. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean it, and that fight or flight, right, is right. basically what we're talking about. Yeah. That is just it is a natural instinct in all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to go out and walk? you know, walk through the woods and have a nice, you know, 40-minute stroller. Do you want to go out and power walk for two hours up and down the hills? Neither of them are right or wrong, but we would rather run from that, you know, two-hour up and down hill walk, which might be more beneficial for you for a lot of reasons. Um, and, And I think that fight or flight, what we're running from is really ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we run from ourselves. uh, Well, it's from our mindset, right? It all starts in our mindset. How were we raised, right? And a lot of us were raised in that whole, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. Money's hard to get. We don't have enough money, right? I mean, I grew up that that way. But that was true. I mean, that was, I mean, my parents were blue collar. My mom was a homemaker. My my dad worked for the Chicago Park District. And we didn't. I mean, we had a car. One car, and then we had two cars with four people working in the family, and you didn't. I mean, you know, you didn't go out to restaurants like the kids do today. You know, oh, no, $10 isn't enough. I want to get the 18-pack from B-dubs, and that's $18. Well, good. Go get a job and get it because I'll give you five. Get what you can, but eh, no, it's... I remember I remember that when my parents right my parents didn't have a lot of money either and I remember as a little girl sitting there thinking I do not want to live this way right yeah. I will work my butt off to earn what I want to earn because honestly I like nice things so well and everybody does right I mean well, we, we all do, do to some degree um I think people listen I believe people are where they're at because that's where they want to be Right, <clears throat> they they're where they're at because that's where they want to be. A comfort level, right? And it's, they don't want to get out of their comfort level. Exactly, 
right? And, but they think they want they think they want more. They they would argue that all day long that they're where they're at because that's where they want to be. But I can tell you, there was times I was where I was at because that's where I wanted to be, and I hated being there. And I think we 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 all go through that. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, and, and it's you know that go you know well a lot of things. It's risk reward. It's it's you know fight or flight. Um, yeah, there, there, there's so many things you really have to get over and deal with. Right is not and not just as a business owner. Um, those are things you deal with in life as a parent, right? As a spouse, as a it, whatever you're doing, you've got to deal with a lot of those things. And they, you you talk about selling. You know, as a parent, I look at it as you're. You're selling your kids all the time, right? You're trying to convince them. No, they always sold me. They're, they're well, like, I don't want to be grounded. What do I need to do to not yeah. be grounded? Right? Just do the right thing. Life is really simple. Yeah. Here are the rules. I grew up this way. Here are the rules and here are the consequence. Right. I never got in trouble for something I didn't know. I mean, in life, you should never be surprised, especially in business, right? You should always know. If you go to an employee and you surprise them by telling them they're not producing, shame on you. They should know, you should have already had that discussion. They should have already known. There should be no surprises. And life really used to be simpler, maybe, um, more cut and dry. And I think more people appreciated that. Here are the rules. I didn't say they liked it, <laughs> right? right? I mean, it, right. I didn't like the rules either, but I knew the consequence for them. Right, oh yeah. You know, so I'm a big believer in there should be consequences. Well, we're missing that today. Yeah, I mean, we're missing that horrendously. I mean, and you know, not just us individually, but uh, you know, I mean, we we bailed out the banking industry, right? Not we, but the government bailed out the banking industry years ago. Uh, and, and I, I don't, you know, I, I get why, but there really was no consequence to that. I, I get help them, but hold them accountable. There was no accountability for that. It's like the kids today or the parents today whining about doing, uh, relieving their kids' educational expenses. I, I have no, I, no, you signed. You know, my kids went to junior college and they worked over the summers so that they didn't have all this debt. I didn't have the money to send them to their dream school. I love that term. Well, this was their dream school because, you know, every 14-year-old has a dream college they're thinking about or 17-year-old. Said no one ever. Yeah, $200,000. Right. It's always the $200,000 dream college, Dream right? college for right. five years, right. you know, to go to and, and whatnot. Well, no, I'm sorry. We're, if we don't hold them accountable now, then we're doing them and their parents and the society and injustice. And you know what? Tuition is is th- is through the roof. It is unconscionable what they charge for an education. As far as I'm concerned, college should be two to three years tops. High school could go to three years, could easily go to three years of high school. And college, that first year, it, they're, they're grabbing money. I mean, you know, unless you're specializing in something. Then, then you know that's a different story. Yeah, and I had a different approach for college. Um, I didn't care if my kids went to college or not, right? I would prefer that they become an entrepreneur and make some real money in life. But my daughter, being a nurse, was very important to her, and we helped her a little through college. And she was really ticked off the day she graduated and realized she had student loans to pay back. But you know what? I said, 
she wanted to live at home. And I said, uh, she said, do I have to pay rent? And I said, yes, just like your brothers did. Yeah. And she said, well, what if I, what if I put it to my student loans? I said, all right, well, that's, what if you put $2,000 a month to your student loans because you're still working, right? Within 12 months, she had all of her student loans paid. Yeah, she had $30,000 in student loans when she graduated. So I, and my, I have a son who's a, he's starting an entrepreneurial dream now. Good for you. And I agree with you. Yeah. College is not for everybody. So when I talked about school, I just said, you know, yeah. my thing was if you're going to go to school, you're going to junior college first. And if you don't go to school, then you're getting a job. So I've, yeah, I have, that's our rule. My, I have one son who is in the trades and the other two that are doing the college thing. So I, I agree with you. I think the trades are a, a, a tremendous missed opportunity. It is a great, honest living. Uh, and I think they've been overlooked for years and we're going to pay for that. But uh, college, college was not meant for so, no, but I think I think people not, not just necessarily trades, but I think there's an opportunity for young people to learn how to sell yes. and become a salesperson. I agree. Right. So to wrap it up, Gene, what advice would you give somebody young that's looking to go the entrepreneurial route? Find a mentor, right? Find a mentor, okay. and don't spend 20 years figuring it all out on, all out on your own because it will cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm just, I'm speaking purely from experience here. Hundreds of thousands of dollars and tons of wasted time. Find somebody to help you get there. How can somebody get a hold of you? Uh, you know what? Jean Kuhn, J-E-A-N-K-U-H-N.com. And there are some re free resources on there, right? You can join the Strategy Sphere, which is the group that I did for free. And there's a bunch of stuff on there. And then there's also 13 fast and free actions you can take immediately to make more money this month. So awesome. go on there and download it and start making some more money. Awesome, Gene. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure, to Brian. Thank you for being on. We will definitely... Uh do some more talking. I appreciate it. Thank you, all you listeners. I hope uh, you get a chance to go to Gene's website. If you have any questions, again, reach out to me at bswift6262 at gmail.com. Have a great day. God bless.